From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. It's another edition of the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down everything going on in District 2 athletics. It's brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. I'm Brandon Bainey, joined as always by Garrison Hardy. Garrison, you're coming to us from a new location tonight. I am. I'm coming uh, from my apartment, actually, because uh, my... uh... Um, I work for a TV show uh, and, and my full-time job. So uh, all of our studios are full today. So I decided, you know what? I better just go home and, uh, you know, let, let's kick it here. Yeah, usually you're coming to us from that really nice uh, television studio for, for your job. Um, but I, li- I like the home setup, too. I like a little more casual garrison tonight. Yeah, you know, it's quaint. Uh, I've got my food and drinks off to the side here. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like home, as they say. Yeah, literally. So <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, so, again, if you're watching this on uh YouTube, the uh, IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, or our Facebook page, you'll see what we're talking about. You'll see the background behind Garrison. You'll see the white wall behind me. People tell me I got to start putting stuff up on the wall to decorate, and I just don't mm. I don't have the time or the inclination to do that. So plain <laughs> hey, white it remains. I mean, you you see back there. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, we're in the same boat here. What a boring background we got going on right now. <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're guys. That's for sure. I don't have that interior decorator skill set. Um, you can also listen to the audio version of this podcast at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. All right, Garrison, last week we had a couple of championship events going on and, and we were kind of looking towards state volleyball because, well, Lewiston was hosting some of the state tournaments, but also because we had a lot of teams up north that we thought had potential to maybe come home with a state title. And of course, right. the 1A D1 level, we talked about how Troy was the heavy favorite coming in. And um, really left no doubt as Troy defeated defending 1AD1 champion Grace in the title match, uh, 25-12, 25-15, 25-12. So pretty dominant performance. Yeah, and if I saw correctly, they won their last 38 sets. Uh, it's just un- unprecedented. Uh, what, a, what a great finish for Troy uh, and uh, the, the whole team just really did they did their job simply put uh, everybody in every single spot in every given situation they did their job and that's why they were so dominant and that's why they uh, cleaned house literally um so uh, what a great way to wrap up the season for Troy what a what a great f- thing for all the players and the coaches all that hard work throughout the season paying off in the end um huge props to Troy in that program so in 2020, Troy met up with Grace in the championship, and Grace won the title. Troy had to settle for second place, mm-hmm. so it was also nice for them to face the same opponent that beat them last year and to get revenge, knocking right. out Grace. Um, right. it, in the championship match, Jolie Eklund was a perfect 15 for 15 in service. Uh, Morgan Blazard, we talk about. I, I feel like it's not really a Palouse prep cast if we don't name drop Morgan Blazard, the Eastern right. Washington commit. Uh, she had 17 kills in the championship and also served out the final six points for Troy in the victory. And, you know, it wasn't just Troy bringing home a championship, but we talked about how strong the White Pine League was with Potlatch and Genesee. And they also brought home state trophies. Um, Genesee defeated Potlatch in the third and fourth place match. And then Genesee fell just short in the third, second and third place match against Grace. But to have three of the top four teams be from the White Pine League, I, I think just reaffirms what we knew, that it's really good up there. 
It is. Yeah. No, we have great talent up here in district two and it just showcased, I mean, with, uh, with potlatch, they kind of came out of nowhere. And, uh, when Jason and I went to potlatch to cover a football game there, we were up in the press box and they were talking about that. You know, they, they just got a good core group of girls who came together, bonded well as a team and went out and executed when it came time for game time. Uh, and then for Genesee, you know, you have, uh, somebody like Lucy Ranaset who uh, really, I mean, she's tall, <laughs> but she knows how to use her height and she's a gifted athlete. So for her to kind of lead the way for the Bulldogs, along with uh, some of the other talent that they have on that roster. Uh, uh, yeah, the, just a lot of talent throughout District 2. Uh, and they really showcase that in this tournament. Yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, because a lot of these girls play basketball as well. And I'm, I can't wait to watch the White Pine League and, and basketball right. and watch these teams slug it out on a night-by-night basis. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, boys and girls, there are a lot of good teams up here. You know, a Prairie in basketball, Lapway in basketball. Um, yeah, just very talented programs on the girls' side. And then the boys' side with Lapway winning the state title back-to-back. Uh, -back if I remember correctly, uh, or uh, they're pushing for that this year, at least. Um, so uh, Lapway, just another solid program, but a lot of solid teams up here in District 2 for basketball. Yeah, and, and the Kendrick girls basketball team got all the way to the championship last year, despite having zero seniors on the roster. And they so I look for them to be strong, too. Uh, but that's basketball season. We still have fall sports we got to talk about here. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah get ahead of ourselves, folks. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I don't want to be too far out over my skis. Um, let's talk about state cross-country real quick. The cross-country championships were held at Eagle Island Park. Beautiful course uh, over in the Treasure Valley this past week. And uh, in terms of what's going on in District 2, uh, congratulations to the Logos girls. They won the 1A team title. Uh, it was very tight. They won it by two points over the defending champions from Raft River. Logos finished with 39 points. Raft River finished with 41. That's about as tight as it can be in cross country, but congrats. Yeah, Logos has always had a history and a tradition with running. Uh, so I guess I'm not really that surprised uh, when it comes to seeing them put up another banner. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm there at the gym frequently and they got a lot of cross country history uh, on that uh, on that wall. So, uh, again, big congratulations to Logos. Yeah, and what propelled them to the win were um, top 12 finishes by Sarah Casebolt. She took fifth place overall individually. Clara Anderson was right behind her in sixth. And then uh, Alyssa Bloom finished 11th. So Logos got three in the top 12, and that's basically uh, what won them the title over Raft River. So, again, the excellence in cross-country at Logos continues. Let's uh, shift to the football landscape and less positive news, Garrison. Let, let's talk about the game that you were at on Friday night, that, that 5A playoff opener. And again, if you're uh, watching this on the YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll see we've got the brackets up on the screen. If you're listening to this podcast, you can follow along still by uh, just going to the homepage, idahosports.com, and looking at the brackets, and um, you can follow along that way. All right, so Lewiston hosting Capital in the opening round of the playoffs. Capital wins 44 to 13. I have one question for you. What happened? It was the battle of the trenches. You and I talked about that leading into the game, and Capital came in with a clear and concise game plan there to make that really emphasize controlling the box. And Lewiston just was not able to respond. Um, uh, 
I will note that Cruz Hepburn, he was a little banged up early on in the first quarter, so that certainly hampered things uh, on his part. He still played the rest of the game and made an impact on the defensive end and broke off a run here and there on offense, but uh, he was hampered with that. And then on top of that, the offensive line from Lewiston struggled with these blitz packages from the Eagles. The Eagles were shooting linebackers off the edge. Uh, they were uh, disguising their blitzes, dropping guys back into coverage that uh, they didn't expect. And as a result, the offensive linemen from Lewiston maybe struggled with some of the assignments and whatnot. And that resulted in a lot of sacks on Jace McCarcher, uh, which I think sped up his clock, so to speak. Uh, offensively. So the routes were mistimed. It, it, the wheels just really fell off for Lewiston on offense. Lewiston's defense, they did fine at first. You know, they came out and were stout and made capital work for it. But as time went on, when you're on the field that much, the wheels are going to start to come off on the defensive side too. And that's really what happened. It was just kind of a chain reaction. And, um, you know, Lewiston just, they weren't able to pick themselves back up like they normally would, the offense just it didn't respond, and uh, here and that and that was kind of the end result. But big props to Capital, man, they executed that game plan flawlessly. The offense was crisp uh, with their quarterback Clark, uh, back, highly touted, uh, leading the way. Uh, their running game just that Lewiston couldn't stop it. So all in all, Eagles looked great. Yeah, Capital finished with nine sacks in the game, including five from Cody Walk. And we kind of talked about, I told you to keep an eye on, if you were going to watch one guy from Capital, it was going to be Cody yeah. Walk, the tight end defensive end. He also ran the ball a lot in this game, it looked like. He did, yeah. he. I mean, he punched it in early twice, immediately. And they just ran him in a Wildcat setup to where he just said, I'm getting the ball, try and stop me. And Lewiston couldn't, and they would throw. Everybody would run at him, and uh, he's just tough to bring down at over 230 pounds. So um, it, it's easy to see why he's getting looks at the collegiate level. And on top of that, he could catch the ball, so uh, he could do it all. And um, it, you know, the, there was also a couple of other running backs who got involved as well. Uh, I, I want to say Caleb Olson uh, is the other running back who got in there. Uh, so it was just kind of a, a stable of running backs that the Eagles had. And then when you got a quarterback like Clark slinging the ball around very accurately to your talented receivers, it, it's just, it was just, it added up for a tough night. Yeah. Max Clark was the starting quarterback for capital last year and got hurt right before the playoffs started. And that kind of derailed capital and what they wanted to do last year. So, um, so the big question now for Lewiston is where do you go from here? They obviously had a great season, despite the disappointment of a first round loss. This, this can be a building block, right? Uh, you have to experience the playoffs before you can go win the whole thing typically. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and Lewis, like you said, seven and two season, uh, that just the offense was humming all season long, really until the last couple of weeks when they ran into some really tough programs. But by and large, there are so many positives that Lewiston can take forward. Coach Pankary and his staff can take forward. And also, Lewiston's got some very solid JV players ready to come up and rise to the ranks and kind of reload a little bit. Obviously, they lose the likes of Cruz Hepburn, who's off to the University of Washington on a baseball scholarship. But to, and among other players, too, there are plenty, there are a handful of seniors that that was their last game, which is always tough. But Lewiston, uh, they've got a solid football program through the ranks and uh, they'll be able to replenish. And this is some momentum that I think Coach Pankary and his staff will be able to take forward into next season, into their uh, offseason workouts 
and they'll be able to build on this for sure. So look for Lewiston to still be a threat in the Inland Empire 5A. Yeah, from three and six last year to seven and two this year, I'm not sure there was a team in the entire state that had a more drastic turnaround than Lewiston did in, in 2021. So it's right. it's exciting to see the pieces in place and, and see the program continue to develop. So it, it was an exciting year for Lewiston overall. Uh, let's if I can interject really quickly. Sure. Uh, I, we, we talk about the facilities once again at Lewiston, and I really think as people continue to move to the state of Idaho and Lewiston continues to grow, I think that's only going to bolster their program. Uh, I don't know that we've seen any transfers into Lewiston athletics as of yet, but uh, keep an eye on that as we continue on with that brand new high school facility for Lewiston. That's right. Uh, it's going to look magnificent once it's uh, once it's finished. So, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Bengal. That's for sure. A, a Lewiston Bengal. I will not not an <laughs> Idaho State Bengal. It's a bad time to be an ISU Bengal. <laughs> We're on. <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, they play BYU this weekend. I don't anticipate that going well. So, ooh, well, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers, as they say. <laughs> 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 yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, let, let's take a quick break here on the Palouse PrepCast. We'll hear from our sponsors from the Idaho Division of Public Health. We'll come back and tell you uh, the teams that are still competing in the quarterfinal round uh, in the 2A and the 1A ranks from District 2. We'll be back in just a moment. You're watching slash listening to the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. So welcome back to the Palouse PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Garrison Hardy. Uh, as we move on to the football teams that are still competing, let, let's start in the 2A ranks where Grangeville actually had a regular season game last week that was running simultaneous to the opening round of the playoffs. They were playing St. Mary's. The winner would win the Central Idaho League, uh, District uh, 1 and 2 up north, and advance to the playoffs. Uh, they were able to play a regular season game because as a district champ, they would automatically get a bye. So it was the winner of this game was going to win the league, get to the playoffs. It was a tight game. Grangeville didn't score the game-winning touchdown until there was a minute remaining Um Jared Lindsley scored on a on a short touchdown run, and uh, Grangeville advanced twenty one to fourteen back in the playoffs once again. Yeah, and you know this is a program that we've talked about as just being it's their tradition. You know they they have the winning mentality, they have that grit and toughness, and boy was their schedule tough this year. Emphasis on tough. Uh, they uh, they you know may have lost a lot of games. Their record may not look pretty. But this is a program that's been there, done that. I'm not surprised at all to see them advance to the playoff, uh, into the playoffs. So their reward for winning the district? Well, the number eight seed and, and a matchup with uh, top-seeded, uh, two-time defending state champ, owners of a 33-game winning streak, Westside. This is a rematch from the quarterfinal round a year ago. And for the second year in a row, Grainville is going to have to hit the, hit the road for a very, very long bus ride all the way down to Dayton, which is down by Preston in the southeast corner of the state. Hmm. Tough well, sledding. <laughs> well, you know what? For uh, for Grangeville, they've got nothing to lose. Uh, I mean, they're going into this game, like you said, a 33-game win streak on the other side. That's a lot of pressure for Westside, especially with the championship a few games away. Uh, they're... 
whether the players like it or not, they're going to be thinking about that as they go into it. The coaches can preach about, hey, just one game at a time. They can preach that all they want. But as the wins continue to pile up and the streak continues to, you know, go and go, that's going to be in the players back of the players' mind with Westside. So for Grangeville, just come out like a rabid bulldog. Just go guns a-blazing and see what happens. Uh, you know, they've, they've worked hard all season. They, they capped it off with a win in their district. Now's the time to, sh- uh, to show up and uh, give it your all. And uh, at the end of the day, you can look yourself in the mirror afterwards and say, we were right there. We made it to the playoffs, gave it our all, and uh, let the results fall as they may. Yeah, uh, Grangeville's kind of playing with house money at this point, right? There, I mean, not much is expected. They're going in against the number one team, and they can, they can be loose. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Last year, uh, so I, I was on the call for the Grangeville West Side game last year in the quarterfinals, and I was I was talking to a lot of the fans and the parents that made the trip down from Grangeville. Uh, it's it's like a two day trip, basically. They're like, yeah, we came all the way to Pocatello Friday night, went and enjoyed Lava Hot Springs, which is a nice. Uh, touristy attraction in, in Southeast Idaho, enjoyed the hot springs, then got up Saturday morning and traveled the remaining hour to Dayton. So it, it is a long trip. That's the one thing that isn't in Grangeville's favor here. But uh, yeah, I, I think the Bulldogs can come out and play loose and see what happens, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and again, you know, the, all the pressure technically is on West Side to come out and back up this 33-game win streak. Um, Grangeville, just go out and have fun with it. And uh, it sounds like they have the experience of being there last year. So that's kind of in their favor. They know what to expect. And um, you know what? The, again, uh, this is a, the coaching staff with this program has a lot of wins under their belt. So uh, they, they have the knowledge to back it up, too. Absolutely. So that game will be Saturday at 1 p.m. And I will be on the call for that game on IdahoSports.com. Two, two years in a row, Grangeville and Westside. So <laughs> well, I'm excited. Go, Tune in with Brandon. Uh, he he knows what he's talking about. So tune in. That's right. I'm I'm pretty excited actually to to broadcast the game. So uh, let's move on to the to the one A D one ranks. Where holy smokes, we talked about the White Pine League being good for volleyball. How about this? Of the quarterfinal uh, field, eight teams. Four of the eight come from the White Pine League. Every team that could advance did, except for Clearwater Valley, because well, they played Lapway. That's two White Pine League teams playing each other. So let's just run through the highlights because none, none of the games were particularly close. And then we can kind of break down the matchups as, as we see fit. So uh, first of all, Lapway defeated Clearwater Valley 58-6. to The year out brothers balled out. Titus year out, three touchdowns to his younger brother, Elias year out. Elias then scored twice on the ground. Tight. Uh, Titus uh, scored on on the ground as well. So between the two of them, that is six touchdowns combined behind the year out brothers as as Lapway rolls. Potlatch also rolled over Grace, 46 to eight. Tyler Howard had 172 yards and three touchdowns rushing. Also hauled in a 35 yard touchdown pass from Tyson Tucker as uh, you know, the fourth place team from the White Pine League easily dispatched the second place team from District 5 and 6 over in the East. And then Genesee defeated Murtaugh 62 to 36. Cy Wareham was a beast. Nine catches, 202 yards, two touchdowns on offense. And then on defense, 11 tackles and a 65-yard interception return for a touchdown. So nothing new there. That was actually kind of a close game until the second half when Genesee finally ran away with it. But what was the most impressive opening round performance to you, Garrison? 
Oh my gosh. Where to, uh, for me, I've got to look at the dominance of Lapway in that game against Clearwater Valley because folks uh, remind you uh, that that's a solid Clearwater Valley team. And for to hold them to six points when you the Clearwater Valley has talented players like Anthony Fabi at quarterback and then Dylan Pickering running the ball, a powerful running back, and then a couple other weapons uh, at wide receiver, too. Uh, that's a that's a good offense right there that I saw firsthand as they dispatched Logos and put up 40 plus points in the second half. So that's a team that can score and to hold them to six points. Uh, that, that's an impressive performance from Lapway. You mentioned Lapway's scoring and athletic ability. Uh, they just have at studs all over the field. You got the year out brothers, as you mentioned, uh, and just, yeah, they're fun to watch. Uh, I got to see them a couple of times this year. Uh, speaking of which against potlatch, uh, talk about an impressive performance. There 200 plus yards on the ground from Howard. Uh, he, he runs with an attitude and it shows, uh, and then, uh, Titus Tucker, uh, I'm assuming I said that right. Tyson Tucker, Tyson Tucker, uh, the, the TT, you know, <laughs> he, he, uh, he's an impressive athlete in his own right in that he can both run and throw and, uh, sounds like a uh, potlatch, uh, had a pretty decent day with it. So all in all, a very impressive start from the white pine. And it's unfortunate that, uh, one of them is has to go down this week because Prairie and Lapway run into each other. Yes, uh, and we'll talk about the matchups in just a minute. I want to mention Genesee. That's a team you've been high on all year, Garrison. This Genesee team is kind of reminding me of the run they went on at, at state baseball last year, mm. where uh, I was the I was broadcasting at the one A state baseball tournament. Genesee kind of came in a little unheralded. They kind of finished in the middle of the pack in the White Pine League, but but they got hot at the right time, and it was all the same guys the Wareham brothers, Jack Johnson, all these guys that are playing football now. And it kind of looks like a similar thing where Genesee is kind of starting to play their best ball when it counts. I mean, they're a tough out right now. They really are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I saw them at their worst, unfortunately, when Prairie came into town. And uh, I, I think the there was a little bit of intimidation there potentially. Uh, but it, the, you know, the coaching staff at Genesee, they obviously have them back on their feet, dusted off, saying, no, we are much more talented than what we showed there. And uh, like you said, they've got athletes on this team with Cy Wareham and Jack Johnson. Johnson's a beast. If he gets out into the open field, it's a guaranteed touchdown. And then with Wareham, I mean, over 200 yards receiving. Uh, not a bad day. So uh, this, yeah, this Genesee team, it's a dark horse or a dark bulldog, if you will. Keep an eye out. Um, I'm curious to see what they've got in store here in this next round. Yeah, they're doing it all with a first-year head coach and Justin Padrabski as well. So it's very impressive. So let's take a look at the uh, the quarterfinal matchups. Uh, let's just start with, you mentioned it, uh, Prairie and Lapway. Prairie is the four seed. Lapway is the five seed. Uh, in the regular season, Prairie kind of ran past Lapway. Do, do you think the Wildcats can hang, or do you like Prairie here? I would say Prairie has the advantage, but I will say Lapway can definitely hang in that, uh, you know, it, it. I think it was a three-score advantage for Prairie uh, when all was said and done. But uh, maybe maybe another touchdown more there. Uh, so if Lapway can figure out a way to stop the ground game somehow of Hasselstrom uh, from Prairie, I think they absolutely can hang with it. Lapway definitely has the athletes offensively uh, with the year-out brothers, 
as well as Cross Taylor at wide receiver. He's an excellent option in that offense. Um, I believe Mason Brown at running back. Um, just be, uh, he, He's another talented weapon for this team. And the coaching staff is, is intelligent. Some of the plays they were running against Potlatch when Jason and I were on the call, uh, they were just downright tricky. Uh, just so they have a lot of wrinkles to their offense that I think uh, they'll probably be have been working hard on for another matchup against Prairie. And now they know they've got it. Uh, that being said, Prairie's defense, it, it can be downright dominant when it uh, when it needs to be. That pass rush was brutal against Genesee. I see that being a problem for Lapway and forcing Titus to uh, have to leave the pocket, which he's certainly adept at doing. But uh, I think the containment from Prairie will be a lot better. They'll know their assignments. I give Prairie the edge, but keep an eye on Lapway. I think they can make a very good game of it. The low point total for Prairie this year is 48 points. They have scored 48 or more in every single game this year. They beat Lapway 58 to 26 when they met in the regular season. So uh, very impressive, very daunting. And I will tell you, talking to fans uh, and people from Prairie, they're not very happy because if you look at this bracket again, they went 8-0 in the regular season. They went undefeated, and they only got the number four seed overall because of the mm -hmm. arbitrary max preps rankings. I'll tell you, they're pretty fired up about that, and they've got a chip on their shoulder because of it. I, I wouldn't want to play Prairie right now. I'll just I'll put it that way. Yeah, and that's a scary place to be if you're if uh, you're their opponent this week. Uh, so I, I'm very I'm curious to see how Prairie comes out in this game. Uh, I can guess that they're going to come out downhill just because that's how they play uh, on a, every given every given week. So to have this added chip on their shoulder and the fact that Oakley is still alive. Uh, and I expect Oakley to be to have a shot at going to the state title this year again. Uh, I I know Prairie's looking for revenge, so um, tune in, folks. That's this uh, this Friday at six. Um, you're gonna you're gonna want to keep an eye on that. Yep, that's gonna be uh, Friday night, six o'clock in Cottonwood at Prairie High. I think they were maybe trying to get that game put into the Kibbe Dome. And Prairie was like, no, thanks. We want to play outside. <laughs> so I, I think I think that's how that went down. Don't quote me on that. Uh, let, speaking of Oakley, you mentioned Oakley, the defending 1AD1 champs. They're the two seed. They will play Genesee at number seven. Now, I just got done talking about how Genesee is on a roll and they're playing their best football at the right time of year. But, man, this is a tough matchup for the Bulldogs. 100%. We saw it last year when their state title run and they dispatched Prairie, as I mentioned, in route to that title. This is an Oakley team that is incredibly balanced, good offense, good defense. Uh, the fact that they were able to win the game against Prairie on a defensive stand uh, speaks volumes, you know, especially at the goal line where Prairie is just so proficient. So Genesee, they've got a tall task in front of them, and they know that. Justin Prodrabski knows that. Uh, they're going to go into this game, I'm sure, having practiced and kind of ironed out a lot of uh, maybe some of their deficiencies on offense. It sounds like they've got the passing game figured out with over 200 yards to Cy Wareham. Uh, and then, of course, Jack Johnson making him the workhorse, never a bad call. Um, but again, he's going to need some help because Oakley will key in on that and they're going to try to lock up uh, if, if they can get it to where they can say, hey, as long as Wareham or Johnson aren't beating us, we can live with that. Uh, so Genesee is going to have to come up with some other wrinkles in order to keep the game afoot. 
Um, but still, Genesee, a dark horse. I like them. Oh, we'll see how they do against uh, that kind of competition. Yeah, I think maybe the the, the right ends here for Genesee, but I think they I, I think it can be competitive. But man, Oakley is right. just a whole another animal. Uh, finally, we have Potlatch. They're the number eight seat. You know, as difficult as Genesee's matchup is, Potlatch might be in for an even rougher ride as they play number one seed Raft River. I think this is also a very tough matchup for for a Potlatch team that's really had a nice season overall. Hundred percent. The one thing I would say that's going for Potlatch is uh, they can always lean back on their running game, especially with uh, the likes of Tyler Howard and then uh, um, Tyson Tucker. Uh, him being a dual threat quarterback makes that attack uh, all the more dangerous. So having a ground game to lean on as a foundation, at least, even though they're going up against an incredibly tough opponent in Raft River, the number one overall seed in uh Holt Arena. That's a cool, that's a cool venue right there, by the way. Uh so uh if they can lean on that ground game and get uh get Howard going, you know, maybe they can keep that competitive. And uh if you're if you're still in the game towards the end of the game, all bets are off. Who knows at that point? So uh if they can control the tempo like they want to with the ground game and really milk the clock, make it so Raft River doesn't get as much possession as they want. Who knows? I like this pot, potlatch team. I love how hard they work. Uh, but Raft River, I mean, they're, they're the number one seed for a reason, right? Yes, uh, they are my favorite to win the 1A D1 title this year. So, uh, But I think if you talk to Potlatch and 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 say before the season starts, hey, you're going to be playing in Holt Arena on, on a Saturday in November. I mean, they're like, we'll take it. I mean, because coming in, they were picked, I think, sixth in the preseason coaches poll. Maybe it was fifth, but here they are one of the final eight teams standing. So it's, it's been a great season for potlatch as well. And again, that game Saturday, one o'clock in, in Holt arena in Pocatello. That's a game we'll have for you on idahosports.com. Uh, if you want to see the whole schedule of games, we weren't able to do every quarterfinal matchup because there's like 24 of them going on. And we just <laughs> can't be in that. We don't have enough equipment. We only have X amount of sets of broadcast gear, but we got like 85% of the games covered. So if you want to see if your favorite team is going to be on our schedule, just go to the game streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com. You'll see the whole broadcast schedule for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Let's wrap up with the 1AD2 bracket, Garrison. Let's start with Timberline. We talked about the Spartans representing Weipe getting into the playoffs. Well, your reward was a trip to Kerry in the first round. Kerry wins 54 to 6. But for Timberline, second year in a row, they've been in the playoffs. Coach Pat Christofferson is doing a nice job of bringing this program along uh, after they didn't even have a program a couple of years ago. And this is another building block, I think, for the Spartans. Absolutely. And Jason and I were looking up and down their roster as they took on Logos uh, at the beginning of the season. By the way, they didn't have two of their better players for that game against Logos, and they still put up uh, you know, a, pro a couple of impressive scores towards the end of that game and early on. Um, this is a team still with a lot of youth, a lot of sophomores on this team. So uh, they still made the playoffs. The schedule uh, towards the backside of the schedule is where it gets heavier, and they just need to focus up on the conference and come out with some wins, and they did that. So, again, like you said, another building block of the season. Still uh, it's a good amount of youth on this team as far as uh, looking forward to next year. I fully expect them to make another challenge for the playoffs once again next year. Just hopefully uh, they'll be on the uh, hammer 
end of the anvil. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, let's take a look at the matchup that is happening. Kendrick got the first round by. They will take on Horseshoe Bend. This is a battle of district champions um, in the quarterfinal round. This will be Friday night. Neutral site, Lewiston High School. Okay, I think I remember uh, when I was talking about Prairie earlier and how uh, – they were asked if they wanted to play in the Kibbe Dome. I think it was, did, did you want to play at Lewiston High as part of a doubleheader with Kendrick? And they said, no, thanks. We want we want Lapway to have to come to our place in Cottonwood. I think that's how that went. So anyways, uh, Kendrick get a host horseshoe bend at Lewiston High. How do you think this matchup goes, Garrison? Oh, I, I really like Kendrick, Brandon. Uh, Kendrick is a power of a program in the 1AD2 up here in District 2, and they always have been. Uh, the The one time I covered them a year or so ago uh, was when they played Deary, and this is when Deary was an experienced football team. Uh, they were uh, they were 4-1 and one going into that game. Kendrick was 5-0, and oh, and Kendrick's athletes, that it was just another level and they annihilated Deary and uh, Kendrick's always that way. They've got uh, a handful of guys that can just go out and execute in whatever position they're in and barring injuries, which typically seem to kind of unravel some things here or there for them on a give, any given year. Uh, they, they just keep rolling right along. So for me, I like Kendrick and the, maybe I'm a little biased as the district two guy, but uh, I look for the Tigers to come out on this one. Well, I will tell you, I also like Kendrick, and this is just an unbiased observer. Uh, on the record, I've said that Kendrick, I think, will win that game, mostly because Horseshoe Ben has to travel all the way up there. Um, when you look at Kendrick, they're young. I mean, they're like yeah. Ty Kep, their quarterback, he's only a sophomore. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly it. Just this this program has the uh, – it's like a machine – uh, the next man up mentality it, that may sound like a cliche, but not with Kendrick that they they're living proof of that. So uh, who, whoever you are, just be ready, practice like you're going to get into the game. And here they are. And so a, a young team like this being this highly rated in the playoffs and being favored at this point, uh, that's an exciting. Obviously, they hope to go all the way and win it this year. But uh, that's an exciting building block for next year as they continue to add experience to this team. So, uh, gosh, look look out for Kendrick uh, even next year. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. They got some business to take care of here. That's right. One game at a time. And that is that the game that you're going to be at, Garrison? It is. Jason Hansen and I will be uh, on top of the booth uh, on the call there in Lewiston. Awesome. That's going to be a great matchup between Horseshoe Bend and uh kendrick i always try to give you one guy to keep an eye out for from the opposing team since it's a team you're not familiar with uh, i will say for horseshoe bend hmm you want to keep an eye on colton meyer obviously is a very talented dual threat quarterback um, but they've got some really good linemen as well i think wa watch the line play of horseshoe bend i think you'll be pretty impressed but it's going to be a good matchup either way well, hey, Jason's going to love to hear that you brought up the lineman. That's always what he's looking to do. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that horseshoe offensive line and uh, see if they can help uh, horseshoe stave off this powerful attack from Kendrick. Yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup. That is Friday night, 7 o'clock at Lewis and High School. Uh, video coverage of that on idahosports.com. All right, Garrison, next week we are going to be talking Final Four for at least, I, I feel at least a couple of teams uh, from District right. 2. I don't want to jinx anybody, but I feel good yeah. that we're going to be talking. I mean, we're guaranteed at least one team, right? Because Lapway and Prairie are playing each other. So, 
That's exactly it. Yeah. And in which case, uh, we have a very fun matchup between the winner of that game uh, against Raph River. Man, that's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. So um, thanks for uh, stopping by. As always, Garrison, uh, it's, it's nice to be able to break down everything going on in, in District 2 as we get towards the finish line of the fall sports season. The Palouse PrepCast is brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. Uh, for Garrison Hardy, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.